You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Well, welcome everyone to Bonefire. We're so glad that you're listening with us today. Uh, this is episode one, and in this episode, we're going to be diving into the topic of faith and uh, doing really a deep dive into that. If you um, are new to our podcast, again, this is just episode one, I would encourage you to go back and check out episode zero, uh, because we did put in a little bit of a detail about who we are and, and what we're trying to do with with Bonefire. But uh, just just in case you're wondering, uh, the term Bonefire, that, that was something that I came up with that really just wanted to uh, convey where we are and, and why we're here. Um, it's based out of Jeremiah 20, verse 9, where he talks about there's a fire shut up in his bones. And uh, Jeremiah just uh, said he he was he was tired and he was weary of of his ministry, um, and he thought about quitting, but he just couldn't because it was uh, it was trapped up inside him, and he had to go tell uh, folks about uh, the the God and and the gospel. And so uh, that's why we're here is we're wanting to share the good news of Jesus and and the gospel with everyone who's listening. We want our listeners to to join in with us and and grow um, in their faith. And you know I'm sure there's going to be some people that are listening who don't know you know anything about Jesus or anything about out, uh, the Bible, and we want to encourage them along and hopefully see them come uh, to faith in Jesus uh, through this. And so, you know, Dad, um, episode one is kind of a big thing. Uh, this is where all podcasts kick off, and typically it's big, it's flashy. You have to make a statement on that particular podcast. And for us, we've chosen faith. Right. Think yeah. about the Bible, all these chapters, all these pages, all these verses. Uh, we could have picked a many number of That's topics, right. but. Why do, you, why do you think we landed on faith? What, what would you say to that? Well, faith is essential. It's essential to salvation. The governor has been talking a lot lately about what businesses are essential and what businesses are not. Uh, faith is definitely essential apart from having faith. You can't go to heaven. You can't be forgiven of your sins. It's a must. That is true. And um, so as we talk in, in faith, uh, it's a huge topic. It's a, it's a very big topic. We've got uh, tons of things that we can say on it. We're going to try and wrap it all up into one nutshell of this episode, uh, but we may have to, to, to continue it. But we felt like the best place to start and the discussion of faith is just trying to get our arms around what faith is. And so, Dad, for our listeners, could you help our, our listeners understand what is faith? Okay. Well, uh I cheated a little bit. I looked at the dictionary, and the dictionary says that faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And, of course, the Bible has a broader definition of faith. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. You've got your Bible open. Read that for the audience today. Yeah, so uh, Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again, that's now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith has certainty to it. And I think mm-hmm. that's the the big difference of of just believing a fact. When you have faith, you know, uh, and you have this, um, again, certainty that w- what you believe in is going to actually come true. Right. And uh, in the commentary here in my Bible, I just found a, a neat little quote there. It says, you know, for unbelievers, people who are not Christians— be- seeing is believing, but right. for us as childs of uh, or children of God, um, believing is seeing. You know, it's it's, it's the opposite. Um, we believe, and because of what we believe, and because of our faith, we have certainty in knowing what's going to happen in the future. That's exactly right. You know, Matt, we exercise faith every day. A while ago, when we came in and we sat down in the chair at the table to do this podcast, we put our faith in the fact that the chair would support our weight and hold us up. We 
exercise faith when we get on an airplane. I know I did years ago on my first mission trip. I was scared to death about getting on an airplane. And I finally just had to say, look, I, I know this guy that is uh, going to fly this plane. He's done it before. I trust him. I'm going to have to trust the the ability of the plane to get me there. It worked out okay. Uh, you can have faith in yourself, too. You know, a boy that tries out for a football team obviously has some faith in his abilities, thinking that in trying out he'll make the team. But now, I think that a lot of people have faith that when they stand before God one day, God's going to look at all their good things and say, hey, man, you're going to get to go to heaven. Well, to think that, to have faith in yourself that way, really is the height of arrogance. Because God is going to measure all of us one day by standard. And that standard is the Ten Commandments. I mean, I don't know of anyone that's ever uh, kept all the commandments but one, and that's Jesus. There's only been one, Jesus Christ. Some people might be listening to us out there and think, well, I've never killed anyone. But Jesus said in Matthew 5, 21, basically that if you're angry with your brother, then uh, that's that's equated to murder too, because murder starts with anger. And of course, over in 1 John three fifteen, John wrote, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murder has eternal life abiding on him. So anger and hatred harbored in the heart towards someone, that leads towards murder. What about adultery? Some people say, well, I've never committed adultery. But Jesus said in Matthew 5, 27, 28, basically, that if you look at a woman with lust, then you've committed adultery with her in your heart. And then the ninth commandment is, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. This is a commandment about lying. You know, have you ever told a lie? If if God judged us by the Ten Commandments, where would we stand? Well, James 2.10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he's guilty of all of the law. God gave us his law to reveal his standards of absolute righteousness to convict us of our true guilt before him so that we would see our need for a Savior. God knew God knew that on our own we couldn't meet his standard of righteousness so as to be able to live with him in heaven. So out of his great love for us, he did something to make it possible for us to be forgiven of our sins and declared righteous. And that's the gospel. That's where the gospel comes in. How would you define the gospel, Matt? Yeah, so the, the gospel story is um, is an amazing story. And um, it, it basically, if you take the Bible and you, you, you sum it down to just a, a few sentences, is... All of us were, were born uh, or created, rather, in the image of God, and we were created to be one with God. And obviously, uh, there was a fall of man that happened way back in Genesis and, and the Garden of Eden, and we'll get into that in probably one episode. Right. But sin entered this world, mm-hmm. and and through that sin, all of us now are sinners. Um, right. We have a sinful nature. Um, it doesn't matter who you are or who your parents are or what you have. You're still a sinner. Right. And... Um, uh, ultimately, God saw through time, and he, he made a plan that he was going to uh, find a way to bring humanity back to him, to build a bridge that was you know ultimately broken. There's this now crater, this, this chasm that's between us and God, and that chasm is sin. And so he saw through time, and he said, you know what? There's only one way that I can do this, and that is to send my son. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sent Jesus to earth uh, some 2,000 years ago. Uh, he was born of a virgin. Most people know 
that about Christmas, uh, of Jesus coming and being born in a manger, and he lived a perfect life, and he right. never sinned, he never did anything wrong. He lived on this world for roughly thirty, you know, three years or so, and uh, as he started his earthly ministry, as you look at the Gospels, you know, he did all kinds of miracles and wonderful things, but people just kept missing who he was, right, and what he was here to do, mm-hmm. and ultimately uh, the evil of this world uh, took him to a cross, right, and uh, he shed his blood, he died on a cruel Roman cross, and that death is what saved us from sin. But there's good news. He just didn't die. Uh, he also rose again. So yeah. he was put into a grave three days later. He arose and he is alive today. And so when we talk about the gospel, that's the gospel story is that good if news. we, it's mm-hmm. good news if we put our faith in Jesus and that we, uh, you know, um, uh, just put our faith in what he did for us on the cross, that takes the place of our sin. And, and you're right, you know, you, you're, you can't, measure up to those those standards. The mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments, although they seem to be ten simple rules, it's impossible for you to do it. That's in right. And, in and of yourself. And uh, you know, when you were talking about that, it brought up another story to my mind um that I that I had looked at not too long ago. Martin Luther, mm-hmm. uh, the great reformer, right. He yeah. got into the same kind of uh mentality of trying to think about, you know, how could he get to God? How could he um, be justified and be righteous before God? Right. He was looking at the standard, and he became angry, and he became just bitter at the fact of he sees that God has set a standard, but he couldn't get there, Right. no matter how hard he tried. And, and if you go back and look at Martin Luther's story, I mean, he even did some crazy things. Like, he would go on severe fasting for days on end. Uh, it, it talks about him sleeping outside in the freezing cold without a blanket uh, because he was trying to just pummel his body mm-hmm. into submission and try to, to reach righteousness. And one day he was sitting up in the castle uh, church, a bell tower, and he was thinking over Romans uh, 117, uh, where it talks about you know uh, faith and, and righteousness and how those are interconnected there in Romans. And it it's like a lightning bolt hit him and clarity came to his mind mm-hmm. is, is that this righteousness that he was trying to achieve, the 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 salvation that he was trying to achieve, was not of himself. Right. It, 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 he couldn't do it, and it was going to be ultimately given to him as a gift from God. And it was through his faith mm-hmm. uh, that they they took care of that. And so I, I think a lot of people that are listening, they may be in that same situation. They they view the Bible as a as a rule book, mm-hmm. and they think, my goodness, how in the world can I keep all of these rules? Right. Um, but you know that's not what the Bible's about. The Bible's a love letter and it's written to our listeners to, to let them know that um, you know there is a standard mm-hmm. and God holds that standard he has a high bar set right but he also gives us exactly what we need to meet that if we put our faith in him absolutely so you've you shared the gospel with us and told us what Jesus did he he died to pay the penalty for our sin the Bible says the wages of our sin the end result of sin is death and Jesus uh he died for us. He did something for us we couldn't do for ourselves, and that was to pay the penalty for our sins. But now the question is, how do we respond to what Jesus has done for us? And of course, Martin Luther, as you said, he figured out you have to respond in faith, in faith. We have to quit trusting in ourselves to meet God's standard of righteousness and place our faith in Jesus and what he did to make it possible for us to be forgiven and be made righteous, to receive his righteousness. You know, that brings us, Matt, to that scripture verse that says, for by grace you're saved through faith, and it's not of yourself, it's the gift of God. No one can get to heaven apart from faith in Jesus Christ. That is trusting in him. 
But I want to stress something to you. It's not just believing facts about Jesus. You know, we were talking about that a while ago. Yes, yeah, we were. Actually, before we started the podcast, we were talking about, you know, where faith comes from. And and that's one of the things that, um, as I was studying, um, you know, really stuck out to me is that uh, salvation is a gift, but also the faith that we need uh, to obtain salvation is, is also a gift from God. Um, right. Um, I heard the story uh, that was told one time as uh, there was a, a group of uh, ministers that were in seminary mm-hmm. and an uh, old, old pastor up at the front who was uh, being the professor, and he asked the question, he said, what can a dead man do? And the, the class was real quiet. They didn't really say much. And finally, someone in the back of the room yelled out, stink. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that, right. that's really all a dead man can do is stink. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we, the Bible teaches that we were all dead in our sins. We were, were, were dead before right. we were believers. And, and it is, um, you know, as we are drawn by the Holy Spirit and we're pulled in and we, we begin to put um, some, some belief into Jesus that also we ask for that forgiveness that he's given us faith at the same time. And it, it's a gift to us with salvation. Yeah, God the gives us the capacity to have faith. Yeah. You know, if he didn't enlighten our mind, we'd never look up to him. You know, certainly a couple other verses that come out is, you know, Hebrews 12, two says Jesus is the author and the finisher of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as in Acts uh, three sixteen, it says faith comes through him referring to Jesus. And so, um, you know, that to me is where faith comes from, is it comes from uh, comes from God. Right. Know? It comes from God. And like we were talking about a while ago, it's not just believing facts that Jesus lived, that Jesus did miracles, that Jesus died, and came back to life. Uh, James two nineteen. James writes, Thou sayest there's one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. I mean, Satan knows all the facts about Jesus. I mean, he was there when Jesus was crucified. But Satan's not going to be in heaven. If you truly believe Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Son of God, and that he died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin, then out of gratitude for what he did for you, you will want to repent of your sin and turn away from your sin and serve him. I mean, live for him. Repentance and faith, they're opposite sides of the same coin. You cannot truly have one without the other. And when someone has real, genuine faith in Jesus, it shows. In the early days of Christianity, Matt, there were false teachers that came into the church that said, well, uh, faith is not enough. It's not just faith. It's faith uh, plus works that results in salvation. You know, there's always people that want to add salvation. Yep. However, we must remember what Paul said in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And he went on to say, it's not of yourself. Mm-hmm. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. According to the Bible, it is not faith plus works that saves. Yep. I like to say it's faith that works. Yeah. Faith that works. Yeah, and I, I want to stop you there because I think that's a... a what you mentioned there is is probably one of the biggest problems we have today is that people want to tag extra things on right to the the we'll call it the equation or the recipe for salvation right right that you got to you know do these certain things you got to check these certain boxes mm-hmm. in order to get there Martin Luther thought that Martin Luther thought that that right. yeah that there was you know this I don't know, like a program that you had to follow in order to to get there. Um, And I think it's the simplicity of the gospel that confuses people. Right. Um, Because it it is just as simple as we stated it there that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And if we place our faith and our belief and our trust in him, Mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, he will provide that salvation to us. But as you said, once that happens, 
your fruit is going to, to, or, you know, what your actions are going to show. And you're going to want to do good things. You're going to do positive things, but you're not living like you're living to get saved. You're living like you're living because you are saved. Yes, that faith that works. The exactly. faith that yeah. works. You know, James, he wrote extensively about the relationship between faith and works over in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. And in these verses, he didn't minimize the importance of works, but he did not add works to faith. As a matter of fact, he said, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, when you truly have faith, you're going to live for God. You're going to serve God. And Furthermore, those that have genuine faith, you know, they'll never abandon their faith. They will remain faithful to the end. Yeah, and where was that verse from that you just read? That verse was found over in uh, James chapter two, verse eighteen. Yep. So, so James, James, right now, think think about the time when that's being you know written. Uh, that's a time where you have uh, Pharisees, Sadducees, and all right. the, all the um, you know religious uh, re- religion. I don't know hierarchy, if you will. That's right. And and they were very much focused on on you know things that you do. There there was a very prescriptive rule book there for the for the right. Jewish uh, people, and they were focused in on you know it, it, you got to do so many good things in order to to make it. And again, as we're talking here, that's just not the case. That is not the case. That's right. And so the Christian life, it starts by faith, and it, you're con- to continue uh, to live in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, faith has so much to do with so many things. I mean, uh, over in John chapter 17, when he Jesus, he prays for his disciples. He prayed, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I kept, that none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. The son of perdition was Judas. Judas was someone that, you know, you thought he had faith. I mean, he was picked to be one of the 12 yep. to follow Jesus. He was given a religious duty. And, uh, I mean, he... He piled around with Jesus and listened to him for three years, but he was the son of perdition. He really didn't have faith. His was a counterfeit faith. True. You know, so there are people today that have a counterfeit faith. If you try to add to salvation, then you don't have the true faith uh, that's required to be saved. You have to put your complete weight, your trust in what Jesus did and not in yourself. And and when you do that, uh, God just changes your life. Now, here's something other that I thought about, Matt, uh, when we talked about how we how we get faith, and we know that God gives us our faith. It's a gift. You brought that up. Romans 10, 17, the Apostle Paul says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Mm-hmm. And so uh, kind of speak to that about what you think about that verse. Yeah, so um, basically that's what we're doing here is we're, we're trying to get the word out. Uh, we're trying to share that with people so that as they begin to hear it and the Holy Spirit will work in their life and move and ultimately call them into salvation. That's that's what the whole point of why we're doing this mm-hmm. um, is, is, is that verse there. Right. You know, it's obvious you can't have faith in something you have no knowledge of. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Paul said in Romans ten fourteen, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Like I said, that's the main reason we're having this podcast is to get the gospel, the good news out. And now once the gospel is shared and the word of God goes out, 
Uh, and, of course, the Word of God was inspired by God Himself, the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit takes that Word and uses it to bring about conviction, to give us the capacity, like you said, to have faith. Yep. Um, when I think about the Holy Spirit, Jesus said that He sent Him the Holy Spirit to convict of sin, our need for righteousness, and the judgment to come. Well, the Christian life, you know, it begins with faith, and it can only be lived by faith. You know, without faith, he, Hebrews eleven six says it's impossible to please God. Uh, how about how important is faith to prayer, Matt? So uh, faith is, is <laughs> very important to prayer. If you can imagine um, when you're talking to God, that's, that's obviously what we're doing when we're praying. Um, and if you don't have faith, then your prayers are, are or basically, uh, they they're lose the power, you right? Know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you you have to go to God and, and ask uh, for things, and and obviously He knows what your needs are. But if you're putting your trust and your faith in Him, uh, that those are going to come true, your prayer life will definitely increase. You'll see more things come uh, to fruition that you're praying for. That's right. Over in James two, uh, starting at verse five, James says, "If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him." But then James says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. James says a person that uh, prays and doubts is a double-minded person, unstable in his ways. So it's very important when you pray. If you if you think God's going to listen to you, and uh, you've got to have faith that He's listening to you, and you've got to pray in His will. Number one, know what His will is, and if you study the Scripture, you know what His will is. And then whatever you ask in His will and His name, you got to have faith that He will do it for you. That's part of living by faith. You know, uh, faith. God wants us to grow in our faith too. What do yeah. you think about that? Yeah, he he does want you to grow in your faith, and and actually that was uh, one of the things that I definitely wanted us to touch on today is is how do you grow faith? Um, and faith is somewhat like a muscle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so a muscle you build muscle by using a muscle. That's right. And so um, I see that as, as as the same thing with faith. And so as you uh, go through your life and you put your trust in in Christ and you see God work and move, uh-huh. and and every time that happens. It, your faith is just reinstilled, and it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. The other That's thing right. that I think that uh, will help grow faith when when people say that they're weak in their faith or or that they they don't have a very strong faith is if you dive into the Word and that you you begin to read and meditate up upon God's Word, and of course you pray as we just discussed there. Um, as you grow closer to God, mm-hmm. your faith will obviously grow. Closer, right? Uh, and, and so, a, as you begin to read and and, and to study, uh, God becomes so much more real to you mm-hmm. uh, with each and every verse that you read and every minute that you pray, and that faith just begins to swell in you um, as you continue to grow closer to Him. That's right. When the disciples were following Jesus during uh, those early months, maybe the first year or so, their faith was pretty small. Uh, and God allowed the disciples at least two different times to be out in a boat in a storm, and they were terrified. Yep. And and Jesus let them know, hey, you know, I'm with you. Yep. And at one time, Jesus came to them, and he chided them, saying, you of little faith. You know, yeah, their I've... faith was so small, but but their faith grew and grew right. at the more time they spent with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, that phrase, 
uh, you have little faith or you have little faith, you know, that recurs over and over in the Gospels. Right. Um, and you, you mentioned, uh, you know, the being on the, the tempest there, the, the storm, and uh, Jesus was asleep there in the bow of the boat, and uh, the disciples became terrified, and uh, they, they woke up him and said, you know, Master, you know, how are you sleeping in the midst of this storm? Right. Like, we're about to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus looks back at them, and, you know, you can see him almost, in my mind, I vision him looking around and like, you think this is a problem? Yeah. Um, and he tells him, you have little faith, and he speaks, and the wind stops, uh, the waves calm down, and then the disciples were just amazed at the right. fact of, who is this guy who can actually command the waves, the wind, the waters? They all listen to him. Um, and it, it's just amazing. But I just, every time I hear that story, I just see Jesus sitting in the boat looking around like, they still don't get it. Uh, right. they, they don't know who they're talking to. Uh, this isn't a problem because I'm here. Right. You know, after Jesus uh, was crucified, buried, and resurrected, you know, Jesus uh, left it to them to carry the gospel and to do his work on earth. And, you know, the storms they got in the sea was nothing compared to the storms of persecution that they would meet later on in following and serving him. But through those earlier storms with Jesus in the boat or Jesus coming to them, they learned that God could be trusted. That's faith, trusted in the storm. Sometimes God allows storms to come into our life to build our faith. He never allows anything like that to our life to destroy our faith. Mm -hmm. He knows us better than we know ourselves, but to build our faith. But, you know, there's another way to build your faith, and that's like what you said through studying the Word of God and hearing it taught. You know, that's a much better way to build your faith. But if it requires a storm, God will allow that sometimes to strengthen that faith muscle that you yeah. talked about. Yeah, and, and what I heard you say uh, just there is, you know, if we use the disciples for an example, the more time spent with God— or Jesus, in this case, uh, the stronger their faith grew. And right. that's exactly what we said. You know, the more you read, the more you study, the more you pray, uh-huh. uh, the more you spend your time devoted to the things of God, the closer you get and the stronger your faith is going to be. That, I mean, that's that's the best way to, to grow up. But you're, you're certainly right. Um, as Christians and believers, we're never guaranteed that this uh, life is going to come at us at ease. You know? Right. Um, in fact, as you mentioned, the disciples, they had a pretty terrible time when they started spreading the gospel. Uh, all of them almost died terrible deaths, you know, mm-hmm. and so we're not promised that. Um, but if we continue to stay by him and put our trust, our faith is going to grow uh, with him the more that we spend time with him. That's exactly right. So God wants us to grow in our faith, to to walk and live by faith. And 2 Corinthians 5, 7, the Apostle Paul said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And Colossians 2, 6 and 7 said, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught. So we start the Christian life by faith, and we're to continue on in faith. Paul said over in Romans 1, 17, uh, for, and this is what you was alluding to a while ago, for in it, meaning the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Mm-hmm. Faith is so important to our daily Christian life. Yeah, the, the piece that I picked up from what you just said there is faith is not a one-time deal, right? Right. You know, uh, it, faith is not just that moment where you surrender and you ask Jesus to come into your heart. Uh, faith is something that, as you said, continues on. It's from faith to faith uh, that you got to live by faith going forward. And, and faith is something that's going to be part of the Christian walk all the way to death. You think about death. Death is a can be a scary time, but for those of us who have faith, we place our faith in Christ and death is not a problem. 
Right. That's exactly right. It's not a problem. I, I heard you give an illustration uh, a couple months ago about faith. I, I'd love for you to give that illustration to the audience today. Yeah. So uh, I'll share this uh, story with you. I ran, I ran across it as I was preparing for one of our, our men's ministry uh, meetings. And, and just a, a quick plug for that. So we, we are, um, uh, my dad is the pastor of Holston Creek Baptist Church in Emmon, South Carolina. And our men's ministry meets um, the first Sunday nights uh, of, sorry, second Sunday nights of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, that's been a little bit sidetracked because of uh, COVID-19, but hopefully we'll be able to get back into that uh, at some point. So if you're listening and you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you join us there. But, um, you know, this story is is really an allegory uh, for life, and, and it's where many of us find ourselves um, as we go through. And so I'll, uh, I'll give you my rendition of it now. Every one of us is, is born on a road, uh, and it's a broad road. And that's where our life's journey begins. And mm-hmm. uh, there was a traveler on this road one day, and and he began his journey. Mm-hmm. And at first, his journey was very easy. Uh, it, it seemed lighthearted. Uh, there was a constant flow of people moving in a direction, and he kind of got swept up in the flow and and just made it, you know, quite quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but as he journeyed on, he began to to wonder. Where is this road going? Right. Where, yeah. where Where exactly is it going to end? Mm-hmm. And um, he began to look around him, and he realized that the people around him, they really didn't have joy. They they the f- smiles that he saw were forced, and 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 everyone began to look tired and weary mm-hmm. as he traveled down this road. And mm-hmm. and everyone that was on this road is issued a backpack, and so he had his backpack. And every day that backpack just got a little bit heavier mm-hmm. and a little bit heavier to the point where you know he was almost stooped over as he tried to make his journey uh, down this road. And and he, he just uh, began to, to just be beside himself as as to where am I going? Why am I on this road? Why are all these people on this road? Where 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 does where do we stop? Right. How, how does this end? <laughs> and so um one day as he was journeying, he he saw over on the side of the road the most beautiful house that he had ever seen. And he couldn't understand like who would build this beautiful house out in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make sense to him. And he wondered why wasn't there more people going to that house? Like what what was going on? So he began to try and make his way to the house, and and he was weaving his way through all these people on the road, and and obviously the people were trying to pull him on and say, hey, no, we're going this way, keep going. Uh, this is you got to stay on the road. But he finally freed himself from the people and and he he walked up to this grand house and there was a sign written on the the uh, above the door and mm-hmm. it said whoever wills may enter and find rest mm-hmm. and he thought well okay that that sounds great and so he he goes running up the steps of the porch and he gets to the door and he goes to turn the handle and it's it's locked and he's like um oh, this doesn't make sense to me he begins to rattle the door it won't open. He he begins to kind of peer through the windows and uh, to see if he can see what's going on. He even tries to pick the lock right. to try and get in, and 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 nothing seems to be worth it working. And he just wonders why in the world would someone put a sign like that above the door and then lock the door. Mm-hmm. And then finally, he heard someone call his name, mm-hmm. and he turned around, and it was the builder of the house. Mm-hmm. And the builder said. Son, this is the house that Grace built, mm-hmm. and if you want to go inside, I'll give you the key. 
And he said, yeah, well, yes, I, I want to go inside. So he handed them a key, and on the key there was an inscription, and the inscription was F-A-I-T-H, faith. Mm-hmm. And so the young man, he took that key, and he he put it into the, the keyhole of the door, and he turned it, and he heard the reassuring click as it unlocked. Mm-hmm. And as he stepped through the threshold of the door, all of his his baggage, his book bag, his his everything they had with them fell off him. Mm-hmm. And he began to feel this deep inner peace and, and a joy come over him. He began to straighten like a flower that was reaching to the sun for the very first time. And it was the best experience of his life. Yeah. And he was standing in the foyer of this wonderful house. And the, the builder said, now this is again, the house that Grace built and everything in this house is yours. Feel mm-hmm. free to make use of mm-hmm. everything in the house. And, and he said, okay, yeah, that, that sounds great. And so, um, he began to look around and take a survey of what he sees around him, and he noticed that there were doors, uh, just a bunch of doors. Uh-huh. Everywhere he turned, there was a door, and above every door, there was another inscription. He looked over, and he saw um, one that said, um, every uh, prayer answered. Yeah. He looked over at another door, and it said, uh, every need supplied. He looked over at a, another door, and it said, joy for tomorrow. And he began to realize that every single door was a promise, a spiritual promise that mm-hmm. uh, was made to him. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to mention, but in this lobby or this foyer that he was in, there's a whole bunch of people in there. Mm. And they're all just in the lobby, in the, in the foyer. And he began to look around, and he, he's thinking to himself, now, why are all these people here in the foyer when there's all of these rooms, all, all of these doors? Surely the the builder said this was all ours. Mm-hmm. Like I, I should, why, why aren't they going through these other doors? And um, so he he began just to, to wonder, and he's like, you know what? I mean, this is this is better than the road, right. but I'm I don't want to just stay here in in the foyer. I want to go try something out. And so he began to walk down the hall, and he goes to one of those doors, and um, he he goes to turn the handle, and wouldn't you know. It's locked again. Uh-huh. Uh, but this time he didn't try to pick the lock. You know, he, he remembered that he had a key. Uh-huh. Uh, and so he reached into his pocket. But as he pulled out his his key, he realized he doesn't have just one key. He has a bunch of keys. Uh-huh. He's accumulated yeah. some keys somehow yeah. there while he was in the foyer. And so, you know, he, he says, OK, well, I'll use a key for the door. And so the, the first one he pulls out is is the key. And it said, do your best. And he put the key of do your best in the door and, and, and tried to turn it, and that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so he, he flipped through his keys again. He found the key that said religious activities. And so he tried the, the key of religious activities. He put it in the door. No, that, that, that didn't work either. Mm-hmm. He, he keeps flipping, and, and, and he says, oh, this one's good sincerity. And he took the key of sincerity, and he put it in the, the door, and he tried to turn it, and that didn't work either. And so at this point, he was getting desperate. And so yeah. as most people do in desperate times, they go to the tithing key. Yeah. So he had, <laughs> he had a tithing key, and he, yeah. he took that tithing key, and he, he put it in the, the door, and he, he tried to turn it, and it didn't work. Yeah. And about that time, he heard his name called again. Mm-hmm. And he turned around, and there was the builder of the house, the mm-hmm. builder of the house that Grace built. And he said, my child, do you still have the, the key that I gave you? When you you came to the, to me the first time, mm-hmm. and the young man said, well, "Well, yeah, yeah, yes, I do." He's like, "Do you remember what the inscription on that key was?" And he says, "Yes, yes, it it was it was the faith key." Mm-hmm. And the builder of the house said, "My son, the faith key is the key, is the master key to the house that Grace built." 
and it'll open up every door in this in this house. Yeah. And so, you know, that that uh, story is uh, basically, again, an allegory for life. It's uh, about salvation. The house that Grace built is the house of salvation. Right. The yeah. builder is, is Jesus himself. Yeah. And the key to get into the house is faith. But once you're there, the key to, to living a Christian life and, and living by faith, you got to continue in your faith uh, going forward. And it's it's not a one-time occurrence. It's something that you need over and over again. And so, you know, for our listeners uh, who are out there, you know, I just want to have you to take a minute and just think um, about that story and and where you are. If you were to put yourself in that story, you know, are you maybe uh, one of the people that are still on the road? Mm. You're still out there on the highway. Yeah. And um, if that's the case, I would like to give you an invitation uh, to come into the house that Grace built. And I would love to meet you there on the front porch and help you get through the door. Um, and, and you can reach out to us and we'll give you how to contact us shortly. And, and you reach out to us and we'll make sure uh, that you can find your way into the house that Grace built. Maybe you're listening and you're already a believer and you're um, already in the house that Grace built. And maybe you're just still sitting there in the foyer and you haven't really maximized your Christian living, um, I'd ask you to think about and pray about, you know, living by faith. What does that mean? We talked about how you can grow in your faith. And and really the best way to grow in your faith is to study God's Word, uh, get close to Him. And as you get close to Him, that faith is going to come right along. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's our, our podcast for today. Um, we want to thank you for listening. And Dad, uh, why don't you pray us out of here? Sure, sure. We'd be glad to. I love that story. Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for giving Matt and I this opportunity to get the message out about how faith is essential to salvation, how faith is essential uh, to living daily for Jesus Christ. And Lord, our prayer is for our listeners, if there are those that have been struggling, oh Lord, trying to uh, earn your favor, help them to realize that they could never do that on their own, that they have to put their full weight, their trust in what Jesus did on the cross to pay the penalty for their sin, not trusting in themselves and their good works at all to go to heaven. And then, Lord, after they trust in you, help them, Lord, to continue to serve you and to live for you out of gratitude for what you have done for them. Our Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to serve you. God, we want to we want to go from faith to faith, as, as Paul said in the Scripture. And we pray, oh God, that there will be decisions made for Jesus, that people, Lord, will will have peace in knowing that they put their trust in Jesus and they're not trusting in themselves anymore. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.